Hey, it's Kate. Hey, it's Anissa. Fosco Works has a bonus episode for you today. It's part of a custom podcast called Productivity Confidential, produced in partnership with Citrix. We'll be back next week with a new episode of Secrets of the Most Productive People. This is Productivity Confidential, a custom podcast from Fasco Works and Citrix. We'll hear the secrets to increase workplace creativity and productivity with the help of new technologies and strategies. I'm your host, Ted Brown. On this episode, how the tech startup ClassPass is transforming corporate wellness programs. A modern workforce values things like flexibility, customization, and personalization. So how do you make a corporate wellness program something that employees actually want to use? To find out, I talked to Nicole Wolf. Director of Corporate Programs at ClassPass. ClassPass allows subscribers to attend fitness classes ranging from yoga to weightlifting. And ClassPass also partners with companies to be part of their corporate wellness offerings. So my guest today on Productivity Confidential is Nicole Wolf. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Nicole, for people who aren't familiar with ClassPass, can you tell them a little bit about what ClassPass is, what it does? Absolutely. So ClassPass is a fitness aggregator. So we have studios and gyms on our platform um, in about... 20 countries, and we have about 20,000 venues on our, our platform now. And so it's a basically one membership that you can get access to all of these venues no matter where you are. Um, the ClassPass corporate program extends that to companies, so it provides the solution for employees at workplaces um, through a corporate program. So not just the consumer side, but also going into employers and working with employees on how to think about how they work with their wellness programs, um, specifically trying to get them to leverage ClassPass for those employees. And ClassPass is expanding out of uh, just doing fitness classes and exercise into more wellness-oriented programming. Yeah, absolutely. In certain cities right now, we have wellness programming. New York is one of them. And we're starting to expand that out across the, the rest of our locations. You've seen a lot of different wellness initiatives and programs. What does the landscape of that look like right now? What is What does wellness look like right now in, yeah. a, in the corporate sense? Yeah, it's a great question. We've had, I think when I started, it was a lot about ROI and how are we going to save healthcare costs? And so a lot of it was physical activity and smoking cessation. Those were the two focus areas. And I've seen it shift much more into this well-being space. So the Gallup did a big survey. It's the five elements of well-being that they've come out with, which has become the cornerstone of a lot of these wellness programs. So that's emotional well-being, financial well-being. Are you connected back to your community and your workplace? Are you socially connected? Physical is obviously one of those as well. But it's really thinking about the whole person because you can't walk into the office every day and you know, just compartmentalize certain things, even though a lot of us try to do that. I think a lot of companies are recognizing that you do bring your whole self to work and, and you can't ignore that piece. And so what does a company like ClassPass do differently when it comes to the approach to corporate wellness? Yeah, I mean, if you think about ClassPass, we are running our own corporate wellness for our employees, right? We all have ClassPass memberships. We're all going to classes together. Um, but we're not just a fitness company. We're a technology company at the end of the day. And so we have, have a lot of different types of people on our staff. So it's not just super-duper workout folks that are you know, already really hardcore about their exercise. It's also engineers and data scientists and, you know, our finance team and all of these people that may not have been introduced to that. So in a way, it was a great testing ground for us to start to think a little bit bigger about our corporate wellness program in general. And so when we look at this, obviously fitness is one element of an entire well-being strategy, um, but it is almost the easiest way to get people engaged with wellness, right? Mental health is a scary topic. Um, 
people don't want to be told that they should stop be stopping smoking. They're like, no, I'm I'm fine. I want to do this. But physical health is a way to it's a nice entryway for a lot of people to get more comfortable with the conversation around wellness. So Nicole, how has technology played a role in changing corporate wellness? How has it shifted how we think about corporate wellness? I think technology is such a great tool and has helped tremendously when it thinks when we think about the corporate wellness space. I think the interesting thing is technology can also have detrimental effects, as we know. And so being able to understand and learn from the technology that's out there um, is a really important part of these programs. So thinking about things that a global workforce, you need global tools. You need to have the reach that you can get to every single person, and that's done through technology. But at the same time, you want to be able to give people the opportunity to disconnect from that technology. And that's one of the things that we've found with ClassPass that's been interesting is that we're enabling people to do these experiences through technology, but they're forced to disconnect for an hour while they're at this workout class together. Now, what about flexibility and personalization and customization mm-hmm. when it comes to wellness? How important has that become in a corporate wellness setting? So from the big picture, from corporate wellness side of things, I think we've seen that is so key to having an effective program. There's not a one-size-fits-all approach to wellness. And so being able to provide solutions that do fit Every lifestyle, every person is necessary, but it's hard to do. Um, And so I think it's a lot of trial and error for these folks. I mean, the standard engagement rates at most companies for wellness is around 20%. If they're really lucky, 30%. So how do you engage the remaining, you know, 80, 70% of your population that's not doing this? Um, And so that's an age-old question. And if somebody can solve that, we'll be, you know all happy and millionaires. But I think that's a challenge. And then as far as the class pass side of things with it, with the flexibility piece, you know, we really customize it for that employer. Um, and that's one of the cornerstones of our program. The pricing's customizable. The experience is customizable. It's all based on what their needs are. Um, if they have people in different locations, we can create challenges with them. And so trying to figure out different ways that they can engage with each other um, in a different capacity. And it might not be 100% of the population, but even if you get 10, 20, 30% of them, that's a win for a lot of these companies. What has sort of been the reaction or the response from both employers and employees to taking on this sort of new iteration of, of corporate wellness? Yeah. So I'll start with the employer side and then talk about the employees. So from the employer's perspective, a lot of times they're looking for something that's easy to roll out and they think will be successful and they won't have to do a ton of work at a lot of times, right? So ClassPass is a one-stop shop for a lot of these guys. And then we've started to layer in things like incentive management programs. So um, the more active you are, the more ClassPass credits you can win and earn. And so we've started to layer in a lot of that, which is really attractive to the employer as they're looking looking at how do they grow the engagement of the people that are already active on this? How do they keep them interested? How do they keep them active? And that's a great way to do so. So rewarding healthy behavior with healthy rewards as opposed to here's an Amazon gift card or 50 bucks that you may go use you know, at the bar. So trying to think about how people get more engaged at the employee level via the employers. On the employee side, the thing that we've seen that's been really interesting is then there's been an uptick in social engagement outside of the office. So they're not going to happy hour together anymore. They're going to a spin class together, and they're starting to do a lot more of that, hey, let's go work out tomorrow together. It's a lot harder to to miss a class when you're going to see your coworker at the water station later that day. And so that's been a really interesting part of this that we haven't expected is the social engagement, which we all know if you have a best friend at work, you're more likely to stay there. So from a retention perspective, it really does help. You know, the whole point of this is productivity conversation. Um, 
there was a study done by the American Psychological Association about physical fitness and how that impacts productivity. And if you work out, it's pretty obvious you're going to be more productive during your day because you're able to sort of get out that energy, get things going. And so that's been another side effect of this that um, you know we've seen and, and observed during our, our tests with these companies that we worked with. What do you think, are companies making wellness uh, like a pillar of their mission from day one now? Is it becoming more of a central, like a bedrock theme for companies to to engage with when they first start up. Yeah, and I would say uh, a lot of companies are doing it because the data is showing that if a company has a dedicated wellness program, uh, they're going to be more financially successful in the long run. And so they're seeing that, okay, maybe we're not going to get return on our investment for the health insurance, but our stock price is going to go up if we have healthier employees. And so they are being a little bit more explicit. It might be more around culture and creating a great place to work, but this is one of those elements of that great places to work. Why do you think that is? Why do we get returns from wellness and, you know, whether it's the bottom line or productivity, it's happier employees, why, why do we get those returns? Yeah, I mean, it's a multitude of things. And I think that's why wellness is challenging because you have so many layers to it. But I think that's why you have to provide so many solutions for people. I think at the corner of stone of this, from a fitness side of things, you are more productive when you're exercising, you're happier. The social connections you can create with those people are really important as well. Um, I think the bigger piece of it is it gives people permission to do what they need to do outside of the office. And that, I think, is a really strong message to send to your employees when you're thinking about a program. We trust you to get your work done, and we trust that you're going to, if you need to take a workout at lunch, do it. We know that you're going to do it. We know that this is going to make you more effective and productive at the end of the day. And so, we trust you to be an adult and, and go do this on your own when you need to do it. As long as you're going to get your work done, we don't want to send the message that you have to be butting your chair from nine to five situation, which I think is really impactful for a lot of employees now. Have you seen that gathering momentum now? Absolutely. And we're seeing it a lot with our companies. Um, we just did a pilot with Google and they did a huge rollout to their New York office, um, which is one of their locations where they don't have a physical gym on site is robust as some of their other locations. And so being able to provide their employees the opportunity to go do classes together and classes outside of the office was a really big piece of the puzzle. We got some really interesting feedback from some of their employees around how they had never thought about working out with coworkers, but how great it was to be able to have that connection outside of the office um, where you actually can get to know somebody in a different way, but then all of a sudden you're solving business problems while you're on the spin bike together. And so having that different way of thinking um, and working out and your brain works differently, you're in a different headspace, you're outside of the office, really does make impact. And we'd seen it anecdotally at, at the office for our, our own teams, right, where they're going out and they're actually getting things done outside of the office in different ways. And I think we all inherently know that it's a different, your brain works differently when you're exercising, you're, you're getting a different level of thinking. And so I think we knew that it would potentially happen, but it was nice to see the results that came through in the, the feedback and the data. We'll be back with more from Nicole Wolf after this. At Citrix, we're working hard to simplify the work experience to transform how people collaborate, create, and innovate. As Chief of Staff of Human Resources, I know there is more integration of work and life than ever, which can make us feel like we're always on. Science proves that maximum productivity comes when we let our brain rest. Whether it's technology that automatically reminds us to be present or a desk that lets us sit and stand, wellness lights up our brain. It makes us feel better, more resilient, more able to handle whatever challenges work or life bring. I'm Amy Hayworth, and I'm helping the world work better. 
Learn more at citrix.com slash FASCO. What do you think the elements that a corporate wellness program needs to be attractive to a modern workforce? I mean, there's a lot of things. I think you think about the demographics of your population. We're in a world now where you have such a breadth of people at the workforce. It's not it's generally not just homogeneous, right? There's generally a lot of ages, demographics, locations, offices, especially for large companies. And so a lot of the things that we're seeing is you have to have leadership support. So making sure that the leaders are supportive of this and allowing people the ability and room to be able to go and do these things as needed. But you also need grassroots support. So you need to have those champions and cheerleaders that are also saying this is what we want and what we need. And then there's the basic things like internal communications and making sure that there's account support and people understand that the benefit is there. I mean, a lot of times the last thing you read is your email from your HR team, unfortunately. Um, and so you want to be able to find some excitement and, and energy around the, the programs you're doing. And ClassPass brings a lot of that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what you see the future trends in corporate wellness looking like as it relates to productivity, as it relates to personal care and mental health and all that, that those sort of themes. ClassPass 2030, what is ClassPass doing differently than it's doing right now? And what does the corporate wellness landscape look like? From the overall space, I think there just needs to be a lot more personalization and customization. I know mental health is such an important topic, but we don't address it because it's scary and people don't want to talk about it, certainly don't want to talk about it in the workplace. And so I think creating this base with things like fitness and easier things to roll out that aren't as scary for employers or employees is a really good way to create that safe space for things like mental health and resiliency and stress in the workplace um, that we're not really quite there yet with. But I think that'll be a big topic as we move forward. And as you move forward doing that, it seems like you're going to release some latent productivity from people who maybe don't want to talk about these things and don't want to bring them to the surface, that they don't want to have these difficult conversations with employers. And as employers get more comfortable talking about them and helping people with them, you're going to free people up to, to work the way they want to work and the way that, that works best for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was, we'll see that as a shift, too, as people's work styles are all very different, and we have to accommodate for those needs um, to get more productivity out of people. And I hate to say it that way, we need more productivity out of people. But you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're thinking about is, how do you create a space that gets people to do their best work? And it's not even about wringing productivity out of people, just making it so you you can be the best, you know, the most productive right. person you want to be right. and work the way you want to work. Right, getting in your flow. Exactly. What's one corporate wellness theme or issue that you wish would go away? What's one sort of trend that maybe has gone through its life cycle and needs to, you know, go the way of the dinosaurs? If I look at it from a what do companies want? The ROI conversation, and I want my healthcare costs to be lowered, is it's such an impossible thing to actually prove out. People leave, people come, somebody gets in a bad car accident. You just can't predict those cycles of things. And I wish that people would think a little bit more about why it's the right thing to do for your company or your employees as opposed to it's going to impact our bottom line, because it will impact your bottom line at the end of the day. But the interim side of it is, you know, you're, you're not going to see that immediate return on a balance sheet. You know, I think the other thing that a lot of people, you know, like walking programs, great solution, great tool for many people. But this, you know, walk 10,000 steps a day and you're going to get, uh, you know, 10 points to go use it Amazon, right? Like, and I think as long as it's working for people, that's great. But I think those need to evolve as well into things, other activities people are doing. So 
you're not going to walk 10,000 steps a day, but maybe you're going to swim or you're going to bike or you're going to go to yoga class or whatever it is. And so I think it's incorporating more of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think anything that's going to help people be more active and healthy is a good thing. And I think you have to address all of those elements of, of the the well-being strategy when you're thinking about what are the right things to bring into a workplace, what are the demographics, so certain things are going to work for certain companies. What is something that smaller businesses can do right now to improve the wellness for their employees? Maybe they have 10 people, maybe they have 15 people, and they haven't thought about wellness as something that they need to address right now, but employees are, are going to them and saying, you know, we want something that sort of engages with us on a personal level as far as wellness goes. What, what's something they can do? If the leadership team's behind it and creating that safe space for people to feel comfortable to ask for things and say yes to. If you have a small company, like that's a really easy thing to do. And I would argue smaller companies are in a better place to be more impactful when it comes to well-being because they set the groundwork early on. And so thinking about it for an employer, it's understanding what your employees want and need. Fitness is obviously an easy one to provide to your employees, but it's also, if you're such a small company, ask them, understand what they want, understand what they need, look at what they're doing outside of the workplace and start to build from there and create that layer to start your, your well-being program from the ground up. I think a lot of companies wait to get that started. And so getting it done early and thinking about it, it doesn't have to be scary. It's a pretty easy approach to doing it. Um, it can be as simple as bringing a yoga class on site or you know, doing a softball team after work, um, whatever the company needs. But I think it's starting to ask those questions sooner rather than later. I think being an engaged employer is always a positive aspect of yeah. anyone starting, starting a business for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you want to keep those people. They have good knowledge as you start to grow the business. And how do you do that? You want to make them happy. You want to make them more productive. You want to make them engaged. All of these things. So start talking about it sooner than later. Sure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. This conversation with Nicole got me thinking about how wellness programs had really transformed very quickly into this customizable, personalizable, general wellness program for people, and that it's made people more productive and more engaged at work because they understand that their employers actually do want to give them what they need to do their jobs well. It feeds back into productivity. It feeds back into, into emotional well-being at work, and there's nothing more valuable than that. Thanks for listening to Productivity Confidential. Next week, Secrets of the Most Productive People will be back with a new episode. Productivity Confidential is produced by Fastco Works in partnership with Citrix. I'm your host, Ted Brown. Our producer is Danielle Roth. Danielle Roth.